is Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast, and I'm your host, Bet Lucas. I have five crazy kids, a full-time career in a mostly male industry, and I've been on a health journey where I've lost over 40 pounds. On this podcast, you will find encouragement for your own unique journey. You'll be provided tools to help you not just survive this life, but thrive in the areas of health, career, and family. So come live your big, bold life with me. Are you ready? I sure am. Hello, welcome to Living Your Big, Bold Life podcast. I am your host, Bette Lucas. Today's guest is going to share about her journey to alternate day fasting. She had started out just intermittent fasting and doing more of an OMAD, one meal a day type program that we have discussed on other episodes. But today, Roxy shares how even though she cured her fatty liver, reduced a lot of her pre-diabetic markers, she knew she needed to take it one step further. Today, she explains what alternate day fasting is, who should consider it, and how you do it and do it well. Roxy's story is also extremely inspiring. She has a heart for her community, the most obese city in the U.S., and a heart for her culture. And she wants her message that intermittent fasting can be a great tool for the many that are suffering and struggling on their health journey. I know even if alternate day fasting may not be for you and your journey, your heart will be touched by listening today. Now, let's get to Roxy. Good morning, Roxy. It is truly, truly an honor to have you here today. Good morning, Beth. Thank you so much for having me on. I was extremely nervous, number one, I still am, but I was very taken aback that you wanted to um, interview me, very humbled. So good morning. Roxy's journey really touches my heart and it has inspired probably a lot more people than she even realizes. And I'm going to let Roxy tell her story and give us a little bit of background about her, but she's going to share about ADF, which is alternate day fasting, and how that's really been a really powerful tool in her tool belt on her health journey. I'll let her start. So Roxy, let's just start right there. Tell us a little bit about you. I'm from McAllen, Texas. I think that's a big part of my story. It is a primarily Hispanic community. I think we're over 98% Hispanic. So there isn't a lot of diversity down here as far as ethnicity, but there is a lot of diversity in other ways. It's a beautiful community, you know, huge on culture, huge on tradition. So I love where I'm from. And I am a small business owner. And I've got a 24-year-old daughter, and I'm also the very proud mom of two um, bonus sons. So they're 21 and 11, and we have shared custody of the 11-year-old. In my small business, I'm a speech-language pathologist, so I own a rehab, and we treat adults and we treat children, and it gives me a lot of ability to, to, to do a lot of things for our community. So I really like that. I started IF in uh, February, 2019, and it totally changed my life. So I had a friend at work who told me, Oh, Roxy, you know, I was always looking for the next diet. And 
she says, Roxy, there's this thing called intermittent fasting. And what do you think? And I said, that just sounds not very, that doesn't sound safe. (laughs) That doesn't sound very healthy. I think that's a common reaction where a lot of people are like, uh, that sounds really weird. Why would we not eat? (laughs) Right. Because you hear, you hear doctors say all the time or nutrition specialists say all the time, you know, you've got to eat five to six times a day. And I told her, I just don't think that's would be great for diabetes. That's exactly what I told her because diabetes runs is so prevalent in my family. Both of my parents are diabetic. Um, I, ha- I come from a long line of diabetics and other, you know, issues. And I told her, you know, I just, I can't imagine how that would be healthy. That was my first response. And I just laugh at that now. I mean, so far away now. And, and um, I could not think that that's further from the truth at this point. So she said, just do me a favor and read this book, Delay, Don't Deny. And I said, okay, well, give it to me, you know. So she she lent me her copy. I read it that day, and that's when I started my first fast. So my first fast was that night from February 3rd until February 4th of 2019. I was able to do 16 hours really easily. I'm not a natural breakfast eater. I never have been. So breakfast, you know, skipping breakfast hadn't been a big deal that morning. I ordered my own copy because I gave it back to her the next day. And that way I can, you know, reread it if I wanted to or whatever. And I realized very quickly that how IF is just our own journey. And because I was I felt like I was a natural faster from the beginning. I went to a 20 hour and then a four hour eating window really quickly um, after that, probably within the first week. And it was so funny because I've never been good at anything. I've never been able to diet. I've never been successful at any of those programs, you know, Jenny Craig, I mean, just name it. I haven't been good at it, but fasting, I just took to it like a duck in water. I really loved it. I started with a goal of losing 50 pounds because in January of that year, one month before, my doctor had told me, Roxy, we're starting to see pre-diabetic numbers in you. And that just, oh my goodness, that was a big wake-up call, especially in this community. Right. I live in the most obese city in the United States. McAllen, the, the area of McAllen has been voted now, I think, four or five years in a row as the most obese city in America. And I can understand why we are 10 minutes from the Mexican border. I think we have four or five ports now are like um, entryways into Mexico. We have the worst of both worlds, unfortunately. And I'm talking about, you know, American fast food. We've got every chain imaginable down here because people eat it up, you know, literally like we just, I think we've moved very far away from, from our culture where we used to grow things ourselves and eat what we grew, just like everybody else in America. You know, you've, we've kind of gotten away from that time. Right, totally. And then we also have the Mexican influence, which, I mean, who doesn't love a good taco? <laughs> I mean, you know, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so we've got other things too, enchiladas, quesadillas, you know, we've got so many great culturally important foods. 
And I will never deny the importance of those things because that's what makes us who we are. And it's a beautiful thing. However, it's not the best thing for our insulin. So I knew it was going to be hard to navigate that with my family because there are cultural implications when you do start something different, especially when you tell somebody, oh, I don't eat for 20 hours of the day, or I only eat for four hours of the day. I mean, that is down here. That is mind blowing. I mean, shocking people, you know, we don't go with, I mean, you go to sleep and that's pretty much the hours you not, you know, that you're fasting. So I knew that was going to be hard at first, but this is what I want listeners to know too, is that it's okay to build new boundaries with people and even with yourself, you know, it's okay to do things that are different than everybody else around you. I love that. So when my doctor told me that, that's the first thought I had is I have to do something different for me and I have to start figuring out what's going to be good for me because obviously the foods that I'm eating right now are not serving me well. And that's one of the things I learned in delay, don't deny. It's okay that you eat those foods once in a while, but I knew at that moment that was not going to be part of me anymore. I was not going to be able to eat the same way that I used to. So when they, when the doctor told me that, I said, please give me a little bit of time before we do. They wanted to put me on metformin, which is a very common pharmaceutical drug that they use down here to treat diabetes. And I said, please give me just a couple of months. Let me try to wrap my head around this and let me try to come up with an action plan. I, I, you know, in every other aspect of my life, I've done really well. I just don't know how I just cannot at that point was telling myself, get this aspect of my life together. So the doctor was very nice and agreed and said, that's fine. It's nothing pressing, you know, it's not affecting you yet. So, you know, we've got some time. So that's when delay, don't deny happened a, a month later. So I think that's, you know, pretty amazing. So I went ahead and started with the 24, like I said, and then I just built up rather quickly, even after that. And I really settled into a 22-2. And in your 22-2, Roxy, when would you start your two hours typically? So it was really easy. I'd go to work in the morning to the rehab and, you know, I'd get there around 8.39. And I have you know, our kids are adults, so I never really had to worry, like, you know, I have to make breakfast or I have to make lunch. So I'd go to work. I would just drink water all day because I, I'm not a coffee drinker. And I noticed right away that tea makes me very nauseous on an empty stomach. So that wasn't going to work either. I'm not a huge water drinker. So that really helped me at least get a little bit more water in. But I do drink to thirst. And now I've noticed that I'm more thirsty naturally. I didn't eat until I would come home. At first, I think the first week, I remember when I started the 16-8, I ate lunch and then I came home and I ate dinner. But once I gravitated to, towards 22-2, it was always a dinner window. Um, we'd sit down to eat dinner together. That was kind of a nice thing. And I didn't really open with, I don't open with anything. I can't say that, you know, I know that Jen, I heard her interview with you and she opens with a soup or a salad or, you know, cheese and crackers. I'm sure most people do, but I would cook, I'd, cook, I'd eat what I had made and I would be done for the night. But I feel like because I had that diagnosis kind of looming over me and I knew I needed to start doing something about it. The other thing that had happened in January as well, I kept having a pain on my right side underneath my rib and I had gone for an ultrasound and it ended up, not that it should have caused me pain. The doctor said, you know, it's very rare for this to cause 
for you to know that this is happening inside of you. So I had a fatty liver and that was proven with an ultrasound and blood work. And I said, well, whether I'm supposed to feel it or not, I feel it. And I was a big Coke drinker, soda pops. I love soda. And every time I drank a soda, man, that pain would just get so bad. And so I did have a fatty liver. So I, there was a couple things I needed to work on. I think that the 22-2 uh, was just perfect for me because of that. So after the 22-2, in 10 months, I had had that. I had had the ultrasound at the end of January. And then for my birthday in November of that year, I wanted to get all of my ultrasounds redone. So that's what I did. And there was no sign of fatty liver. Wow. So sometimes I feel like I'll notice that people are saying, well, they're not losing weight or that they're a little bit frustrated. But honestly, we don't know the health effects that's that are going on in our body and the reversal of things. And because not a lot of people get an ultrasound, especially where I am, not a lot of people have insurance. I'm very blessed to be an insured American. I don't take that for granted at all because where I'm from, there's not a lot of people who are covered by insurance. And I feel like that's why there are a lot of people who passed away from untimely deaths um, secondary to these diseases. But a lot of people in America don't get to have these tests. So you don't know what's developing inside of you. You don't know what's going on and you feel like nothing's happening, but you know what? You might be reversing your fatty liver. Our minds think that if it's not fast, if the scale is not showing instant results or at any time it doesn't move, it's not working. And I think that that is the power with intermittent fasting is that there is healing happening that you may have no idea. And like Roxy said, if Roxy wouldn't have that, had that ultrasound, she probably would have never knew that what one, she had fatty liver and two, she healed it. I mean, that's so powerful. So that's correct. And I feel like we rely on that scale so much to tell us like a barometer of what's going on in our body. And there's so many other things. So take photos, you know, do blood tests. Even if you don't have insurance, blood tests have gotten very affordable nowadays. So even just, you know, any kind of fasted panel, you can go to a, and I do say this for people who don't have um, insurance, you can go to a cash only clinic or to a doctor's office who will see you for one time to get a prescription for these tests. And that way you can at least see what your baseline is. And I feel like that's really important. So that's what I did. And I was able to reverse the fatty liver. And that was very important to me. And I could tell in my body right away, even if I hadn't lost a lot of weight at that point, when I did 22-2, I lost 20, 21 pounds, depending on the day. But my waist got so trim. I, you know, you just get this kind of hourglass figure from nowhere. I had never had that in my whole life. I'm built like an athlete. I have, you know, everything is kind of like shoulders, hips, everything's kind of the same. But with IF, my body shape really changed and I couldn't believe it. I, my, you know, I got a waist for the first time in 40 years or something. So that was funny. So you can tell that the visceral fat does get worked on. So at that point, I lost 20 to 21 pounds. If I had just relied on that after 10 months, I probably would have just, you know, you can get really down about those things because you're relying on the scale. So that's what I want to tell people that the scale doesn't tell your whole story. But saying that as well, 
after I did 22-2, I got really comfortable with OMAD and I felt like I still hadn't reached my goal. I still wasn't feeling comfortable in my clothing. So I said, okay, well, what can I do? I refuse to change what I'm eating. I like to eat all the things. I don't know if low carb or low anything will ever be part of my story. People ask me, did you change your diet to cure, you know, to reverse your diabetes or to reverse your or prediabetes or reverse your fatty liver? I changed nothing. I ate tacos. I ate enchiladas. I ate and going Past 22-2, I thought, what am I going to do? I was like kind of like at a crossroads. And I said, I really love fasting. So I think I'm going to start pulling longer fasts. And that's when I started my ADF journey. Roxy, for our listeners, so ADF uh, stands for alternate day fasting. And that's why I was so excited to have Roxy on the show because we really haven't had someone who has done ADF. We've talked about a mealless Monday. We've talked about doing extended fasting. We've talked about a lot of different tools for your tool belt. But Roxy's story, I want you to really tune in here on how she now transitioned from still intermittent fasting technically, but now in an ADF protocol. So go ahead, Roxy. Yeah, that's correct. It is intermittent fasting. So you basically go from a daily window, which was I was doing, or TRE, time-restricted eating, into an ADF, which is an alternate, an alternate day fasting. That looks very different for different people. You can do either a 5-2 that totally stands by itself, where you eat normally for five days and fast two full days. But like that usually works for somebody in a maintenance program. There's some people who don't want to do a daily window every day, who don't want to do 19.5 in maintenance. So they'll pick two days out of the week that they're not, you know, that they don't have any plans that they can fast through. And then five days out of the week, they eat whatever they'd like to in their window, whatever works for them. There's also something called a 4-3. So the 4-3 is where you eat normally four days out of the week and you fast three days. And then you have something called alternate day fasting. And that's literally where you alternate the days that you fast. One day you eat, one day you don't. So when I first started my journey, I thought, I mean, I would look at the people in advance who were doing four threes. And I just thought those people are so amazing because they had these amazing stories about healing and health benefits. And I knew after reading Jin's books. I knew after reading Dr. Fung's books, The Obesity Code and The Diabetes Code, this is what I needed to reverse my insulin resistance. Because even if I had reversed my fatty liver and my pre-diabetic numbers, I still had insulin resistance secondary to my genetic factors. But ADF gave me hope that I could. So I started with Mealist Monday. I did one long fast a week, probably for a couple weeks. And again, I just loved that. My sixth and my 10th month, I will be totally transparent. I tried four, three um, for two weeks during my sixth and 10th month of fasting. And it was not for me. It was exhausting. I was tired. I needed more time. So when I came back to visit it, month 14, it was just like a switch. I I loved it. So I did Mealless Monday for a couple of weeks. And I said, oh, that's so that was so easy. I'm just going to go to 5-2. Did 5-2 for a couple of weeks. I said, oh, I really liked that. 4-3 was my next adventure. And I had this mental block because I had tried it two times before and I knew I hadn't done well. But this time, 
you know, those days just creep up on you. And I just loved the simplicity of not eating and eating one day. I liked that. I got to four, three and I said, you know what? I can do this. And I don't want to do four, three anymore. I'm just going to alternate day fast. So basically I added another day, but it's not really adding another day. You just kind of literally, you know, alternate your days. So one week I'll do four days out of the week. And the next week is like three days out of the week. And, you know, you just kind of go along like that. And I think the hardest part of it, I feel like it's very intimidating for people. And I can see where it's intimidating because even on a daily eating window, when it comes to a weekend, everybody wants to know, what am I supposed to do on my weekend? How can I fast 16 hours? So when you are doing that with alternate day fasting, how do you get to a Saturday and you're not going to eat all day Saturday? I think that that's very like in the beginning, you're like, how am I going to do this? It's why weekends can really be detrimental to our health journey because we kind of think, oh, well, we were good all week. So if you're not getting to eat or drink or do anything on a Saturday, there's a lot of people that have a big mental block there. And I I can see why. And that was me. To be honest with you, it was a big mental block. And I am a very emotional eater. So I want everybody to know if you think that you can't do it, you can. And I really want to say that ADF is not for everybody. ADF was for me. Not every faster needs to do ADF. Not every faster needs to do a 5-2 or a 4-3. Naturally, that's where I progress to. And I really need it. I have poor blood glucose control still to this day. My fasting insulin is still a little bit high. ADF serves a purpose. Will I always be an alternating faster? Maybe not. I feel like my my mental sweet spot is OMAD. I love having dinner every day. And I hope one day to get back to that. But I am really enjoying alternating alternate day fasting and everything that it brings for me. I think the best thing about this is one day I eat, one day I don't. I love the simplicity of that. I work with no windows. So to say that I have a window on my up day, I do not. I eat when I'm hungry and I stop when I'm done. I typically eat my first meal at about 10 or 11 in the morning. And then I eat dinner because I do enjoy dinner around 6 or 7 p.m. I'm not a big snacker anymore, so I don't really snack in between. I have two small meals to satiety. I don't really plan when I'm going to have them. It's just kind of like my fast, my whole fasting journey. I just do it when I naturally am hungry or naturally want to. I'm, I've gotten so much better at listening to what my body is telling me. So nothing really changes on the weekends. I don't take any breaks. A lot of people ask, do you take breaks from fasting? I don't. I really believe that IF should be flexible to the life that you're living at that moment. I like that that phrase, at that moment. Yes, because every moment changes. <laughs> it does. It does. And, and that's what my, truly, I hope that message comes through this podcast is that I want someone to have every tool they can in their tool belt because what works for you now might not be what works for you later or you're you know there's different phases and i mean right now is a great example i'm 8 months pregnant i mean i, I i'm on 
obviously using different tools in my tool belt than I was using a year ago. And that's why I really encourage people, even if they think they would never ADF, or even if they think they would never give up sugar or all these different topics we talk about, I still think there's power in hearing about them and learning about them because you just never know. And maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your daughter, maybe it's your, you know, it just, you never know how that tool, now that you have it in your arsenal, can now help you or help somebody else. And it's funny that you say that because I have a beautiful 24-year-old that I love to death and she is my life. I'm so proud of her. And she took to fasting so well. She's been a faster almost as long as I have now, about a year and a half. And she just started doing it quietly. She is very quiet and, you know, very soft-spoken. And But she started doing it. And now she does mealless Mondays. And I feel so blessed to have given her this toolbox or presented it to her like a tool in her toolbox because nothing about nothing about her weight bothers me. I mean, she is a beautiful, amazing little girl. I call, I still call her a little girl, you know, she's 24, but, but if she's not comfortable, then I'm glad that she's got this tool for the rest of her life and to teach her children and, you know, for the health benefit of it, because she has the same genetic disposition that I have, unfortunately. And we'll always have to work on that. We have insulin resistance and that's something that we'll always have to deal with. And I'm glad that she's going to have this tool to be able to help navigate her towards that. For me, my goal for her is to be healthy, irregardless of weight, what she looks like. My goal for her is complete health. I love that. And I think that that's, that really is what we want for our children. And I think that I can just resonate with that so much. Like, I do not care what they weigh. I do not care what they look like. I care that they have their health because I think you and I both know that we can try to say that health doesn't need to be a priority. But we've realized in our journeys that when you you make your health a priority and your health improves, everything else around you improves. Everything else is better. Hey friends, it's Bet. If you are enjoying today's podcast, I really hope you will join me every week for what I hope you find are inspiring interviews and bold content on topics like family and career and health. And can I also ask you a favor? Can you press that subscribe button and write a review if you like what you hear today? By doing those things, you are helping me get the word out. And I truly would be ever, ever so grateful. It also allows you to be the first to know when new content arrives. So please subscribe today. Now let's get back to our guests. So Roxy, to start the second half of our interview, I want to share with the listeners that if you want to hear about Roxy's ADF journey, she did mention she's a moderator of the Delay Don't Deny groups that are on Facebook. So you can always find her there regularly sharing about ADF. But Roxy, can you also tell us about the Facebook groups that you lead and their names and how we find you? It's called the RGV Fasting Club. So McAllen is part of a very special region that's called the Rio Grande Valley because the Rio Grande River runs through here where it runs to the Gulf of Mexico. 
So the name of the group, I wanted it to be something that reminded us of home. So it's the RGV Fasting Club. However, I do have a bigger ADF group that I don't really share in the advanced groups, but I will share with you and your audience. That is a spinoff of uh, Jen's group. It's called Fasting Rocks and that R-O-X for Roxy. So Fasting Rocks is an advanced fasting group. More for advanced fasters, you have to be a member of Jen's advanced group because even though I love everybody's questions, I don't want to have to field all day. Can I have X? I wanted it to be a group where advanced fasters, ADF fasters could bounce ideas off of each other because there are so many ways that to ADF. And you would not believe, you know, some of the combinations that people can come up with. It can get really creative and fun and unique and it works to everybody's schedule. And I feel like that's what I want to bring to my area as well. Maybe not ADF right away, but 16-8 schedules are a great place to start for some people. But for people with insulin resistance, 16-8 is not a place that's going to bring us the best health benefits, unfortunately. Right. I think that's really important to hear. I know some people, especially when they're new to fasting, they think 16-8 even sounds like, wow. And it's just amazing how you progress down that. But I think that's a really important message to hear is that some may be able to have great results on a 16-8. But in general, many of us may have to continue to kind of try different things. And some's gonna, some things might just not work and some things will. And some things you may have to go back to. Like, I think it's really powerful that you tried 4-3 once and and you didn't like it and it didn't work really well or and you hadn't kind of found how it fit you best but then you went back and now you are you found the right shoe for you and it and it fits you in this phase and it's meeting your health needs which you've accepted and not I, I feel I don't hear in your voice this like woe is me this is my you know I'm going to deal with this. I do have a little bit more insulin resistance than maybe some people do due to my heredity and different things. I don't hear in a voice of, well, too, too bad, whatever. It's kind of like, no, I'm accepting this. But as a result, I may have to do some things that are different than what other people do. That's, you know, that is bullseye right there. I, I embrace that I have insulin resistance, but I just wrote a post and I believe it with my whole heart, that is not going to be my story. My parents are both diabetic. My mom is on on, 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 a, on a metformin. My dad is insulin dependent and he has been for a long time. And I refused for that to be my story and I refused for it to be my daughter's story. Mm-hmm. And that's what I refused for my whole community. So if I have to you know, get everybody around in a circle. I wish I could yell fasting from the roof about fasting from the rooftops. We are very blessed. I do want to mention something. We are very blessed in my area to have a doctor who he himself is a faster. Wow. I know it was amazing. This is an amazing story. One time I was listening to a podcast. 
I love podcasts. And on my down days bet, that's one of my secret tips I give on mealless Mondays. On my down days, that's the days that those are the days that I reserve really special things that I look forward to. Because if I'm not going to eat, I want to replace that with something that I'm going to look forward to. So that's the days that I watch like Netflix or I catch up on Showtime movies or I listen to podcasts. I drink Topo Chico only on down days, which is a a mineral water that I really enjoy. It's like a, you know, it's something I, I look forward to. So I save things like that for my down days. Roxy, I have to tell you, I've heard so much advice on Mealless Monday and ADF, but that one, I've always heard the term, keep occupied, keep busy, do this. But that one, I don't know if I've ever really heard hit home. And gosh, what a good idea. I mean, go get a pedicure, go see a friend. Like That's such good advice to say, what am I going to do on my mealless day or on my ADF day or my, on my down day? Wow, I'm going to do that. What a good idea. I want to give credit where credit is due. Joanna Huntress, who is one of the uh, mods that we have, and she's from New Zealand. She's the one who brought up that idea one day in, in the groups. And I read that and I thought, wow, what a novel idea. She saves things like a long bath. Like her thing, I think, are baths and things like that. Just relaxing, you know, taking time for her. And I thought, what an interesting thought. What can I do to make that suit my life? And one of my favorite things is podcasts because I love learning about fasting through all means. I've read books. I listen to YouTube videos. I listen to podcasts. I love the fasting lifestyle. So I said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to reserve podcasts for that day. So, so I was listening to a podcast one day on my down day and a doctor, it was a cardiologist and he had this just great journey. Also, he had this great story. And then he says, I'm from McAllen, the most obese city in America. And I said, what? So I turned it up and he's from here. I mean, he's from Monterrey, Mexico, but he has settled his family here. He practices here. Not very many people know him. So I feel like I do want to, you know, give him some credit. And his name is Dr. Christian Assad. And he is a cardiologist. So it was, I set up an appointment with him. I got to meet him. So now I do know a faster in the Valley (laughs) here in McAllen. So that's pretty cool. And he's a really great, humble guy, super down to earth, just wants to help the community as much as me. He is so passionate. He makes TikTok videos in Spanish, in English. You know, it's, he speaks Spanish and down here, that's so important. There are a lot of native Spanish speakers, first generation Americans who are having all of these complications, who are going through these things. And to know that there's a doctor, because here, if a doctor says something, you take his word as, I mean, it's coming out of the Bible. It is truth, you know, and it is the Bible truth. So to know that there's a doctor who speaks Spanish and who is saying fasting is okay, it's just amazing. Or it can, it can help reverse your diabetic numbers. I think it would make people, you know, I think it makes people listen, and it validates the fasting world so much more. Roxy, I love that so much. Well, let's all go check out Dr. Christian Assad. So Roxy, tell me where you are today. How much, even though I'm not a huge fan of just the weight, 
we we talked about no more fatty liver, your pre-diabetes, like, you know, all of that has kind of gone away. How much weight have you lost on your journey? Oh yeah, no, and that's totally okay. I totally get it. I feel like that's one way to get fasting to the communities because in the end, people do want to lose weight, but you know, and that's okay. Some people have a lot of weight to move. I feel like I had 50 pounds to move. And when I had done OMAD for about 13 months, I lost a, a total of about 20, 21 pounds. I read Fast Feast Repeat in April when we got a um, an advanced copy from Jen. She was nice enough to get all the uh, moderators an advanced copy of the book. And I we went ahead and read it. I read it that, that day. I mean, I devoured the whole book. I loved it. And that just lit a spark in me. And I said, you know what? I've gotten very comfortable in my OMAD and it has served me well. I reversed my fatty liver. I've reversed my pre-diabetic numbers. However, some of my markers are still high because of my insulin resistance. What can I do? I said, this fast feast repeat lit a fire in my ADF mind. So um, I went ahead and did that and I dropped 12 more pounds. So my total right now is about 32 pounds and I feel great. Would I like to you know, lose an additional 15 pounds I think so, only because I've got some areas I'd like to work in, just like, a, you know, how we are as women, we'd like, you know, to feel good and look good. And so I'd like to lose about 15 more pounds, but I have lost 32 pounds. Wow. that's yeah. And it's been the average weight loss. I'd like to tell everybody also is about half a pound to one pound a week. My weight loss has been about three quarter, no, uh-uh, one third of a pound every week. So 0.34 pounds a week. But you know what? It's always going down. I get to a point where it doesn't anymore. And that's okay. Because I'm living such an amazing life. And like you said, it's not all about the scale. So one of the biggest questions that ADF fasters, experienced ones get is, how do you handle your up days? And I know we've discussed this briefly in other episodes, but I want you to hear from Roxy how she handles eating on her eating days, just like she's already explained to you how she handles her fasting on her fasting days. So Roxy, there's a lot of fear around this. So can you share with us how you handle your up days? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that, especially because coming from an OMAD lifestyle, if you're an OMADer, just like I was for all of those months to go into an update where you have to eat two meals. I know for other people, it doesn't seem overwhelming, but it can be because it's so different than what you're used to doing. And people think, oh my goodness, I might gain weight. I think that's the most common misconception I read about in the groups and answer questions daily in the groups about so the update per Jen, per Jen's books, per other fasting experts, we do not support a down day if an appropriate update is not going to follow. So an appropriate update is at least two meals in a minimum of six hours. If you feel like you want to keep a window for that day, that's fine because a lot of people might only do it one day. Let's say they do a mealless Monday and then on Tuesday, they want, a keep a, they want to keep a window because on Wednesday, they're going to go back to their regularly scheduled fasting schedule. So they'd like to keep that eating window to a certain amount, which is fine, but it has to be at least six hours. 
and it has to be two meals. And we make the recommendations based on science because alternate day fasting does have research behind it. And the research behind it is, believe it or not, people even on a 5-2 that have been researched, those um, five days, nothing is counted. They have no windows. At that point, these fasters in the study, they didn't know about windows. So they can eat literally whatever they want to on their up days. And compared to people who are on a caloric restrictive diet, you will see more weight loss than somebody who's doing basically like the standard American diet and the um, and the standard American eating schedule. So there's no reason to be afraid of an update. And in my personal experience, if I limit myself to about six hours or I start thinking like, oh, I better not, you know, I, I can't eat that. My body holds on to my weight like it, like its life depends on it. Yeah, I think that's really fascinating. And I just think the more and more people can hear that, I think it's important because no matter what, you have these voices in your head that say, I worked so hard to fast yesterday and now I'm going to mess it all up by eating. And I think the more and more we can just all hear the message that, you know, Roxy and so many others have had great success and the research is behind it of not over restricting on that next day and having an eating window and actually not having an eating window and actually kind of making sure it's at least six hours, at least try to get two meals in and don't try to put too many rules around it or your body like Roxy may just kind of hold on to the weight. I think that's so, so important. So Roxy, I have another question for you. What about exercise? How do you exercise and what does that look like? And and how do you implement that in your ADF lifestyle? When I first started fasting, before I fasted, I have, I've run a marathon. I've uh, completed a couple of marathons. I have done a triathlon. I was a huge exerciser. The minute I started IF, I became a total slug. I will say that to everybody. I, I say that all the time. The transition, even at the 16-8, even if I was fasting really well, I didn't get hungry, but man, I was so tired. I would get home from work and, but now knowing it's because my, what I was eating was so terrible and poor. I had to go through my storages and start to feel better. Mm-hmm. So the typical transition is usually we tell in the groups is three to eight weeks to start feeling a little better. Mine was 11 weeks. I just felt like poo-poo for 11 weeks. You know, I was, I was exhausted. So I didn't exercise during that time at all. And it's funny that most of my weight loss happened at that point. I am not, I, I decided when I started, I was only going to concentrate on the fasting and not exercise for a while. Then after about three months, when I started feeling great, I mean, there's a switch that happens and you'll know when it happens, you know, and my switch happened and I just started having this, uh, a massive amount of energy and I had to do something with it, but I wasn't ready to start running again. So at that point, our gyms were open and I would do Zumba classes, which I love to dance. So I did Zumba. That was fun. And then I also have always walked. So I walk about three miles a day. I do it in the mornings. And on my down days is when I listen to the podcasts. So that's what I do right now. I really just walk. I don't do anything that I can say is very strenuous. I think that's so approachable. And what I'm 
trying to make sure that the world hears is that there is a lot of different exercise that can fit everybody, but exercising three hours a day does not need to be your solution for your health journey. And, you know, I did that. And I, I, I think I got to my heaviest when I was doing that. So that's not something that worked for me. And that's okay. I loved running. And that's why I did it. But do I love it right now? No. Will I love it one day again? Maybe like you said, I, I don't rule out anything. I might become a runner again one day, who knows? But that's, yeah, that's just not my story right now. You know, I just, wow, I, I'm literally going to hone in with what you said is that when you were exercising the most is at, at some of the time you're the most, the heaviest. And I think that story right there is the story of so many women out there and they, they think they're the only ones. And because our first step to our health journey before we kind of look at fasting or what's on our plate or different things like that, our first step is often we think we have to go to the gym for two hours. You know, really, that's that's often what we do. And for some, that works and that's fine. And I am not – I love going to the gym for the social, communal, the mental benefits. There's a lot of good things there. But what I want to make clear is that exactly what Roxy said, if you are feeling like you're trying so hard on the exercise side and nothing's working, maybe it's we need to kind of switch our mindset there. And we still want to move. I mean, Roxy's walking three miles every day. She's moving her body. She's staying active. She's staying strong. And if you see Roxy's photos, she looks strong. She looks healthy. So you really, you really do. Roxy, I've so enjoyed my time with you. As you know, we love to end the interviews on living your big, bold life with asking our guest to share their big, bold advice for our listeners. What's yours? And I love that title. And I think it's amazing. And I feel like every time I see your stories online and you, you know your posts, I feel like you're living your best life. And I feel like that's what I want for everybody. And I don't know if you can live your best life not being bold. And I'm not saying being out there and outrageous and you know being outspoken, but bold in your own life to you know to set goals and to just be bold about it. So I love that because I feel like there is not a lot of things in the fasting world that are as bold as ADF. So I feel like my bold advice for your listeners would be to try it. I'm not saying this is for everybody, but if you are insulin resistant, if you have been fasting for six months and you haven't seen a weight difference and you know that you have a lot of um, weight to drop, or if you are diabetic or have pre-diabetic numbers, my big bold advice is to try ADF. I think people are very intimidated by it. And I'm here to tell everybody that it does not have to be intimidating. There are so many ways to tailor it, to fit your lifestyle for what you need now. Oh, amen, Roxy. Well, we are so, so grateful to have you, your story, and your bold journey here today. And listeners, let's go live boldly together. And if any of you are ready to take the next step in your intermittent fasting journey, ADF just might be the tool for you. 
Have a wonderful day, Roxy. Thank you for being here. You too, igualmente. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Have a nice weekend. Thank you for listening today. For more information, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you.